Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, I have a question from a five-year-old, and that is about earwax. How does the eardrum keep itself clear of earwax, uh, dead skin and other debris so that your eardrums don't get damaged? Oh, that's a very curious five-year-old. <laughs> well, good question. Same thing. Same question as I've had for a while. Uh, now, the the skin in your ear canal it grows outwards uh, in a bit of a spiral fashion, so it kind of naturally pushes things like your cerumen and other debris out of your ear. So, kind of think of it like a conveyor belt. How's that for an Eli Five explanation? Excellent Eli Five explanation. Now you have to explain what earwax is in the first place. So doctors call earwax、uh, actually by its medical term, which is、uh, cerumen, and basically it's a、uh, you know that brown, sometimes orange, sometimes red, yellowish,、uh, or even gray waxy substance, right? That kind of comes out of your ear canal of humans and other mammals too. It's actually a mixture of vicious secretions from、uh, your sebaceous glands and less vicious ones from kind of modified sweat glands. Uh, uh, earwax is also made up of shed shed layers of your skin that come off. So if you want the details,、uh, on average, sixty percent of earwax consists of keratin. Twelve to twenty percent of saturated and unsaturated long chain fatty acids, alcohol, squalene, and six to nine percent cholesterol. All right, we're going to come back to the conveyor belt analogy that you you gave in a second,、uh, but what happens if bacteria gets close to your eardrum? Oh yeah, so that can be a problem. Your eardrum is actually tucked back there about twenty five millimeters, so around、uh, two bends. So it's not like a straight line for most people's ears. So there is some protection in this kind of natural design, and it is one reason that doctors tell you not to use Q tips or to put other things into your ear. Uh, you could think you're cleaning your ears, but you're actually pushing earwax further back into your ear canal. And if you push it back into the bony portion, it could kind of get stuck because it isn't being pushed out any longer. You know, if you do this enough, you'll get a big hard,、uh, big hard, even black accumulation of impacted, compressed earwax, which will hurt to get removed. Mm. Now you mentioned it will not be pushed out any longer, but why is that? I thought you were talking about the conveyor belt. Yeah, so this part is important.、Uh, only the outer third of your ear canal is cartilage, so the cerumen, the earwax, is only produced in that outer third of the cartilaginous、uh, portion of the ear canal. It's porous and it's always producing wax. Uh, so when the wax is excreted and moves in that circular motion,、uh, it, that's how it gravitates towards the outside of the ear. And as it moves, it collects all the dust and dirt that goes into your ear normally and carries it out. And eventually, the wax, you know, makes its way. It makes its way out to the opening of the ear canal and falls out. Ah, I see. So the conveyor belt is only applied to the outer one third of your ear. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't chewing also play a part? Oh yes, chewing、uh, plays a pretty important part. So、uh, the, you can think about it as in the movement of the jaw. It actually helps the ears' natural cleaning process. So your ear is not just off in any random spot; it is located right next to the point where the jaw meets the skull. So there are actually muscles around that area that contribute to chewing,、uh, 
Uh, but by chewing, a, a person you know kind of jiggles and compresses that outer ear area. So this motion helps keep earwax from clumping up as well as contributing to allow it to fall and move out of the ear. So yeah, chewing does help. Some people get dry earwax and other people get wet earwax. Um, can you explain the difference? Oh yes, yes, this is a, a interesting distinction. Uh, so there are actually two distinct genetically determined types of earwax. Uh, we can call it the wet type, uh, which is tends to be more dominant and the dry type. Uh, now, on a high level, East Asians, Southeast Asians, and Native Americans are more likely to have the dry type of cerumen, tends to be kind of gray and flaky, while African and European people are more likely to have the wet type, kind of like a honey brown, dark orange to dark brown, and a little a little moist. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, earwax cerumen type has been used by anthropologists to track human migratory patterns. Uh, such as those of the Intuit, that wet type earwax, it just it differs bio biochemically from the dry type, mainly by its higher concentration of uh, you know lipid fats and pigment granules. So yeah, earwax has been useful to anthropologists. Interesting. They identified a specific gene for wet or dry earwax a little while ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Science took it even another step further. Uh, a specific gene has been identified that determines whether people have wet or dry earwax. Uh, another interesting factoid is that wet type earwax is associated with armpit odor, which is increased by you know sweat production, right? So researchers have a hypothesis that the reduction in sweat or body odor was beneficial to the ancestors of East Asians and Native Americans who are thought to have lived in colder climates. Interesting. Thanks for that, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have feedback or comments uh, or suggestions for topics that we should cover. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five on Reddit. We will see you all next week.